Hi everyone, welcome to Breakfast with Berkeys. I'm Alex Morgan with my partner Georgia Levine. I almost called you Georgia Morgan. <laughs> that would be odd. Our guests today are Brianna and Brandon from Red Light Rebellion. Yo, People don't know about your business and it's actually a nonprofit but I'd love for you to just give us a little summary about what it is you do yeah so we're a red light rebellion and we do awareness and prevention for sex trafficking in the United States and so uh, we do that by hanging out in classrooms with students anywhere from 7th to 12th grade talking about what sex trafficking is what it looks like and how to stay safe from it um, and then from there, depending on how much time we have with students, we'll go into the deeper issues that allow young people to be susceptible to something like sex trafficking. And so um, we first learned, uh, when we first learned about sex trafficking, we kind of um, thought it just happened by kidnapping, but the more we learned about it, the more we started to realize that pimps and traffickers are actually using relationships to recruit and manipulate. Oh. Um, and yeah, and there's, Typically for most of the stories that we've heard and seen and people that we've worked with It's not people driving down the street in a white van throwing <laughs> other people off the sidewalk into it and driving away um, It's a lot more. There's a lot more happening beforehand And so we talked to students about what does that actually look like? Um, in the presentations that we have with more days we'll address um, also like how to decide and see if someone's trustworthy or not, um, what do healthy relationships look like, and also uh, prevention on the demand side for mm -hmm. sex trafficking as well too. And so uh, we kind of try and take young people through a roller coaster throughout the week that's kind of emotional and um, tell a story of justice and land on a point that's really uh, hopeful and empowering to where they are. Um, and so we do that with students and then we also do presentations for parents and then professionals that work with students as well too. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, wow. But I mean, you're talking about the van thing and when I think back to elementary school and talking about predators and things mm -hmm. like that, that's the only thing they would tell us. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so while Don't take the candy. Street, exactly. <laughs> and I still do it now. I'll be walking and I see like a white van and I'm like, oh God. Right. But then I'm like, oh, it's actually one of my neighbors. So I'm fine. <laughs> but, but I think that it's great that you guys are building awareness that it's not that stereotypical kidnapping, yeah. white van, yeah. scary, dark corners yeah. and stuff. Or just <laughs> runaways. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of yeah. people totally. think that. And myself as, as well. I would have not thought... It was happening in, um, I grew up in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm kind of little, little tiny bit ghetto maybe, and so for me, growing up, having them in the neighborhood that we lived in and they were going to school, I was like, nothing happens yeah. here, yeah, yeah. but that's not true. Oftentimes they're looking for that because sometimes they're more naive mm -hmm. and we're more trusting mm -hmm. because we think it can't happen here. Yep. Yeah. So that's wonderful yeah. that you guys bring that awareness. We all need it. Yeah. And what we find too is like kidnapping can happen mm -hmm. um, in different capacities, but most of the time traffickers are building some sort of relationship, whether they're pretending to be romantically involved or mm -hmm. some sort of friend or using like a victim to 
uh, befriend another potential victim, some sort of like business opportunity. So it's just so much more devious mm-hmm. than I think a lot of yeah. us, what I realized like when I first heard about it, I just yeah. thought it was kidnapping. Um, and what, it can look like kidnapping on the surface, but sometimes when you ask deeper questions, it's, oh, there is some sort of prior relationship here mm-hmm. as well. Right. Um, and because of how recruitment's happening through social media now, like any kid that has access to the internet is vulnerable mm-hmm. um, to this. So it's definitely evolved in those ways and I think a unique way that we're facing with like technology today too. So how did you guys get started with this? Because I think it is such an important topic. Mm -hmm. What made you get into it? Yeah, so I first heard about sex trafficking um, summer going into my junior year of high school. I was um, at a church camp. They showed like a documentary of a girl trafficked in Cambodia. Um, Everyone was like super emotional about it, like crying, like praying, like what do we do? And I just wasn't. (laughs) I was like, that's sad. (laughs) But I'm like passionate about other injustices. Um, But that night, like while I was praying, I really felt like Jesus was like, hey, you need to lead a movement against sex trafficking. And at that time I was like, oh, that just happens in Cambodia. And like, I don't want to go over there. (laughs) So really didn't know what that meant or what I could actually do practically with that. Um, And then six months later, my church said that they were going to help launch an aftercare program locally for girls that were trafficked in the United States. And that's when it really opened my eyes like, oh, this is happening right here. And then like the average age of uh, entry is 13 years old. So I was like a junior in high school. I was like, oh, average age, like, that's me and my friends. That's my right. little brother and his friends. So it just became very personal in that mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. And then understanding that me, none of my friends really knew what this was, and yet we were the primary target for it. I was like, we should know like what this is. How do we stay safe? What are those warning signs? Like, How do we respond if we do see those warning signs? Um, and so then my senior year, no one was really in the schools doing anything spreading awareness about sex trafficking at that point, um, which makes sense. It was such like a new topic for everyone. Um, so I got like a bunch of friends together. I was like, hey, we're gonna like do something to like fight sex trafficking. <laughs> so me and my friends, with the help of like a lot of really supportive adults, um, helped us build Red Rebellion's first program my senior year, which was really cool. Wow, that's so it's, awesome. yeah, so by students, for students, and really started that way. So. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I no, was just gonna say, like um, her nephew and my grandson is mm-hmm. 11. Yeah. And, you know, of course he plays Fortnite, and Mm -hmm. we're very much on top of it, but you don't know. You just don't. So of the groups that you talk to, how many would you say have, like, an aha moment of, like, oh, this might be happening to me or somebody I know? Um, I don't know if there's so much of an aha moment for themselves. Um, as far as like vast majority, we're mm-hmm. trying to like reach the kids before mm-hmm. that happens. Right. So be like, yeah. hopefully you've never had any exposure to exploitation. Yeah. Um, but we do get res- um, stories from students, usually after we present to them um, yeah. through social media, them saying like, hey, like thanks so much for coming. I was in an abusive relationship or I was talking with a guy online that like had a lot of these warning signs and I stopped and like cut ties yeah. with him. Um, and it was really cool. About a year and a half ago, we got a story from a student said she'd been talking to a guy on Snapchat for a couple months. Um, as soon as she turned 18, he started asking her for nudes in exchange for every like picture or video she sent. He told her that he had sent her money through Snapchat. And she was like, well, that sounds really weird and sketch. Um, and it reminded her of the stuff that we had talked about. Well, she had kept, we give the students red flag cards, um, warning signs of a trafficker and of a victim. 
And so she had kept her red flag card in her wallet for three years. And so she was able wow. to take it out, realize the guy fit a ton of those warning signs, was able to like block him, report it, message us. And was like, thank you so much for coming to my school and possibly saving my life. Sure. And so yeah, hearing amazing. that story wow. was like, wow, it's working. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everything is worth it just to yeah. have that one. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. It really is. It's amazing, but that's also just scary because wow. you know how accessible everybody is now. Yeah. I feel like, totally. especially because of social media, like it's just a click of a button and you're oh, in front yeah. of somebody, yep. which can be good in some situations, but it's just like. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's uh it's scary. Especially thinking about my nephews and my niece. I'm like, oh my god. Yes. So yeah. speaking of that and people that we care about that are young, yeah. what are some things that we can look out for to mm -hmm. see if there's something mm -hmm. off going on mm -hmm. with our younger audience? Or yeah. like I said, my niece and nephews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want me to? Take that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think as like parents or an adult that has um, a relationship with like a young kid, whether it's like a niece or a nephew or even like a cousin, um, it starts with really educating ourselves. Like, what is sex trafficking? Like, what are those warning signs? Um, and so some of those can be any adult that is trying to give like special attention to a child is inappropriate. Um, and so that's usually like your first kind of clue, whether that's online or that's in person, someone that you know, because um, we know trafficking can happen even within family units. And so it's not just like a stranger, it can be someone very close to home. We have friends that are survivors that were introduced to the life through a family friend um, that was like their mom's age and so happen all different ways so if there's an adult trying to give special attention to a child definitely inappropriate right. um, but then we know that through like online behavior there's a lot that can happen in that regard um, and then isolating so if someone's entered your child's life and you're seeing that isolation start to happen where that person is trying to become kind of the source of all that child's needs um, right. I can help you with school I can help you with like your family drama I can help you with your friend drama like whatever it is and they're trying to become kind of like that all-encompassing answer in that child's life um, that's a huge warning sign mm -hmm. Um, typically, traffickers are putting a lot of financial pressure on their victims, too. Even if the victim's 13 years old, let's say the trafficker's pretending to be um, like a 21-year-old that's really like interested in them. They're like, hey, like I just lost my job, like I need help. Um, if you just like dance at this party for some of my friends, like you could oh help me gosh. just like pay rent. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I love dancing. Like I used to be in dance class. I'm oh, like, no. that's no, yeah. no problem. And so it starts off little like mm -hmm. that, very mm -hmm. small, and then it kind of progresses. Um, as a parent too, if someone's already being exploited, you can definitely see a lot of like hypersexuality from your child as well that they weren't exhibiting before. Um, signs of trauma, um, so that can be acting out, running away, picking fights, being like very aggressive. Mm -hmm. Or some children will um, isolate themselves and shut down emotionally and trauma. Usually like a weird mix of both of those things. Mm -hmm. um, traffickers will also try to keep secrets um, with that child, and so. Um, if it's where they're going, who they're hanging out with, um, oftentimes traffickers or even any sexual predator will give a child like a second cell phone. So it's, hey, this is for us to talk so yeah, that like right. they don't know or whatever it is. And so um, those are some things, or if your child's constantly like 
missing school or you like dropped them off but they're you're getting calls from the school saying they never showed up like to class that's like some weird stuff a lot of absences or even oh I keep losing my school ID traffickers don't want their victims oftentimes have ID so those are some recruitment some red flags we also have on our Instagram a list of red flags of victims Mm -hmm. too that um, you can just like on our highlights on our like story that you can go to and and no yeah that's great and I mean it's good for potential victims, but also for the adults in their life mm-hmm. to recognize that. To yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And even if a lot of these things, even if it's not a trafficking situation, mm-hmm. it's definitely like something else going on that needs intervention as well too. Yeah. And so, right. Um, even though we talk about a pretty like heavy topic that's really specific, a lot of what we do talk about does apply to like mm-hmm. just general kind of like safety in parenting yes. and parenting and like as a young person. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, we as people who care about what you do, how would do you employ people, or are, is it a volunteer? Can, can mm-hmm. someone volunteer to learn more and help, or yeah. get the word out more? Yeah. What, yeah. what can we do? Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we have like a every January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And so we um, try and do a lot of activism in that month and um, try and create a lot of hype and buzz on social media, try and um, talk to, do presentations at like various groups that we're not typically in. Um, And then, um, yeah, just try and get the word out there as much as possible. Yeah, so that campaign, like a new theme launches every January and then it lasts Mm -hmm. the whole entire year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this year's theme was slavery still exists and talking about different types of like modern day slavery, including sex trafficking. So Mm -hmm. um, we're all about awareness. So anyone that can use their platform, how, whatever that's like in person, relationally or through social media to get that awareness out there is super Mm -hmm. beneficial for us. So we've got a social media kit that you can download with like pre-written like captions and pictures and stuff. Um, There's a fundraiser that's a part of the campaign as well. Um, And even donating, we function all through like Mm -hmm. private donors too. So so yeah, we're really small. And so volunteering opportunities aren't very many, um, but doing those awareness, like capacities that you can in your own sphere of like influence is just absolutely huge for us. Yeah. Thank you. That's really interesting. Well, I I like to volunteer. Oh, yes. I volunteered at different levels all throughout my life, but it's not always that you have to be active doing it that way, but Mm -hmm. getting you the exposure Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, in schools or whatever, groups, you know, like they played softball. My daughters all played Mm -hmm. fast pitch softball. And this would have been something, if I was still involved, they all know, I would, I would yeah. have had you there yep. Yep. talking to those girls. Yeah. Because it, it's so easy, mm-hmm. you know. It, again, in that situation, you have coaches that mm-hmm. can very e- easily manipulate a child. And they're, they're so looking to get the guidance, the, yep. the right direction to get that scholarship, mm-hmm. you know. So, it, you yeah. know, people don't realize how easy it is to, yeah. you know, victimize someone. Well, and the networking so easy, too. So we get into all of our schools, do all of our presentations through networking. So if you, like, are a parent or a grandparent or... Um, someone at a church or are connected with any type of youth-based agency, you can reach out to us and help mm-hmm. connect us with more Wonderful. students in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, I mean, you talked about how for 
victims and just students and stuff you could look at seventh to twelfth grade but I just think back even to college and girls that I was friends with or on teams with like they didn't realize they were in abusive relationships and uh going off of that what are some signs of an abusive relationship Uh, maybe not so much the trafficking because I know that Mm -hmm. we hit those pretty well but just signs that your relationship isn't normal and you should probably move on yeah so abuse is all about power and control um Mm -hmm. so it's about the abuser kind of controlling and like dominating that other person and so it's um, pretty easy to look up the power and control wheel just on like just google it and go to images and it shows all the different areas that an abuser is going to try to control you um, so if you do feel like hey they're being like overly jealous very controlling of me dictating who i talk to where i go if i'm not with them they're constantly texting or calling me um telling me like what to wear or mm-hmm. like all this kind of stuff like that all those controlling behaviors it's not violent but it's mm-hmm. definitely right. warning it signs of a potentially violent situation which is right. hugely dangerous but then you also have all the the psychological warfare going on a lot yeah. of gaslighting happens as well where mm-hmm. they're trying to tell you that a situation happened one way when you knew it happened a different way yeah. until you believe their way so mm-hmm. um, going and looking at that there's power control wheel for adults there's for teens and even for sex trafficking mm-hmm. um, and that can be helpful just to be like oh I do think that they're trying to control my finances they're using like my animal to actually control me and like oh I'll hurt your dog if you don't do this mm-hmm. or things like that being controlling sexually whatever it is um, and then there's some really good, robust resources in Arizona for um, domestic violence or abusive relationships as well. So we've got, I believe it's the largest um, DV uh, like housing center um, in the United States, Sojourner Center. Um, mm-hmm. So they've got, and they've expanded even to address sex trafficking pieces as well in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a great resource locally. Um, the city of Phoenix has um, Paint Phoenix Purple Campaign that brings together a ton of different um, agencies that address this topic mm-hmm. to provide different resources. So even looking that up, they've almost got like a little database like on their website of different resources. So if you are in that situation or think you are have a friend like there's different resources to reach out to get more information eve's place is on the west side as well they help out um whatever so yeah, they're, heard of these yeah, yeah. yeah they're great we've um given some clothes and things yeah. like that mm-hmm. and i just think that information is so good to know too because like I mean, like I said, I look back and there's girls that they didn't realize, and men too, like they don't realize that they're in an abusive relationship and they're actually a victim. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll go to their friends and say something's happening and they're like, oh no, you're being dramatic. But now they have a resource to go to Mm -hmm. that's saying, no, that's not normal. You need to find some normal relationship that's that's healthy and positive. Like I know it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's not that yeah right totally. so, and college age is so great because they colleges typically provide like free counseling too mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of they're like our own counseling experience we've learned about like family of origins like attachment wounds that can contribute to like a pattern of unhealthy relationships in mm-hmm. someone's life and so being able to address then those core issues helps set us up for better relationships in the future mm-hmm. So we're running short on our time now. So before we go, do you guys have anything else you'd like to say that you just... Yeah. Um, um, Parent advice that we kind of talked about earlier. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I would just kind of encourage parents like have these kind of conversations like as soon as possible with your children. Like as soon as a child can understand the concept of like 
good people that want what's best for you and bad people that want to hurt you start having these kind of conversations mm-hmm. um, in age-appropriate ways. So we can talk yeah. about good touch, bad touch, good pictures, bad pictures, when we're talking sure. about um, like the internet and how there's some bad people online that want to hurt us. Um, really teaching our kids how to make the right decisions and instilling like those values in them really help them in the future make the decisions that you want them to make that are the yeah, best right. for them, that are safest for them. Because um, that's really where preventing sex trafficking comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with a vice detective that told us that common factor she sees is some sort of broken family relationship of like the victims. And mm-hmm. so um, so she talks about the importance of family and mm-hmm. the importance of those relationships. And you can have a kid that comes from a good and loving home but they keep getting in these same fights with their parents, keep butting heads right. in this one specific way, and someone can exploit that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so really doing, parents try their best all the time, and I just really wanna encourage them in those things, and those things really do make a huge difference like later oh, yes. on, and it's so worth those battles, you know, mm-hmm. in like, how do I address this? Like, what do I do? Seeking out, you know, like help and yeah. advice from other like moms and dads, and, yeah. um, and that kind of stuff really makes a big difference too, so. Yeah. I, I did have one more question before we close. I'm sorry, but one of the things that hits me a lot, um, just because, well, I went to an all-girls school, so I was yeah. exposed to a lot. And, uh, so, so often, people don't come forward because they it's a victim blaming. Yeah. You know, so is, is there also education available to help society know how not to do that? Because it seems to be the first thing that people do is jump. Well, they, they shouldn't have gone to the room. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. been in the car with that person or whatever. So, I mean, is that education also available for your program? Um, That's definitely like the motive, I think, that yeah. we've kind of put into um, our programs. And I think too, even with like the Me Too movement was a huge, yeah. huge societal step in that. Um, but even like in classrooms with students, students will be like, well, why didn't, why didn't this girl just get a job at McDonald's instead of choosing to prostitute? Like, duh, doesn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, when we actually like look at people's stories and where they've come from exactly. and whatnot, like we typically end up asking them like, is the last resort a choice? Mm-hmm. And I think coming at it from that perspective and kind of understanding that helps give people a lot more empathy towards other people's stories and what they've gone through and where they're coming from because mm-hmm. um, you just like face value typically you don't know what someone's actually gone through and right. I think that's where a lot of the like victim blaming comes from is people just kind of judging at face value situations sure. and not knowing what led up to it or like what the history and background is of it yeah. so and i think we tend to project our own shame on other people yeah. too mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so Brene brown's like our favorite when it comes to like shame resiliency and so just like do, i think doing our own work and like where where do we carry shame? What parts of our hearts still like need healing? Mm-hmm. Um, are huge ways to kind of combat that. And um, it's not doesn't sound very practical. <laughs> it sounds scary sometimes too because yeah. yeah. um, so it's it's scary to like face our own crap. Um, <laughs> it helps in kind of all of that too. So I think embedded in our program are a lot of those like concepts and ideas. Yeah, because I do think that's that's just so important. So many people are afraid. Mm-hmm. They're just afraid to come forward. If I tell them that the coach was inappropriately touching me, mm-hmm. is it my fault? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, well, the yeah. girls hate me, but you know, 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we, I mean, this was a lot of information yeah. and yeah. it was really it was great, great. But if you guys want more information, check out Red Light Rebellion. They have Twitter, they have Snapchat, uh, they have Instagram. a website, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. There's so many ways to contact them. They're all at the bottom of this video. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Yeah. Thanks great. for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you.